What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Might as well get all this. Matt, we just started. Hi, this is Fred. Ambrose is here with Matt. Uh, Matt's on a rant, so continue. Fired fired up today. Ready to go. So I looked into Jocko this morning. So we're starting with that. Yes, we're just going to start with that. Throw me a nut. But um, how much do you think it costs to get him to come and speak? You found this answer out because we both listened to that Two Brain podcast. Yeah, so I looked into it. Is it 70? It starts at $50,000 for him to talk to you for how long? For him to come to a group and talk. For like like an an hour? hour? Yeah, depending on the size of the group. Starting 50 grand. He's an idiot. We're gonna have to put the we're gonna have to put the we're gonna have to put the explicit tag on this one. Sorry, guys. But who would pay a guy um, fifty grand to come talk to you? Sounds awesome. About what's his expertise in? Nothing. War. Like he's just an, an ex Navy SEAL, or I guess you can't say ex because I did read his book Extreme Ownership that was actually pretty decent. I shouldn't say read. Reads in the extensive. I listened to the audio book on one and a half speed, but him and Leaf Baber, it was actually a good. I'm going to make a Good Craigslist book. ad and say best bid for me to come talk for an hour. You would have 500 ladies <laughs> bidding. <laughs> just see how much money but, I can get. I mean, I don't know what would go. I've never said, I would expect like five bucks. I've never sat grand. down and listened to it because Jocko just annoys me. So I've never sat down and actually listened to him. But every time it's just like motivational speaking. It's pretty. And but, apparently his big thing is. He uses his experiences from experiences from uh, war and how he can use how he served as like business stuff. So he, how do we, how does he use that for his business and mentoring and owners and things like that? So I think that's usually what he talks about the most. Yeah, but. Hmm. That's a lot of money. I can't wrap my brain around it. I think Chris Cooper said he spent 70 on it. Yeah, he said Jock Willard was 70 grand. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, abs- that's absurd. Well, hey, guys. Well, this is how we're starting. Uh, Matt was on a, a rant, and I didn't hit record yet. He goes, you should probably hit record for this. So, But today we're going to do a little Q&A. Uh, we had asked on our private Facebook group uh, for some questions. And uh, we, had, we had a handful from couple of the same people but still some good questions um before we get into that just reminder we have the open coming up friday the uh we we talked to people into doing it this morning who were on the fence no excuses sign up for the open that's all matt's (laughs) gonna say about it uh workout will be thursday it'll be announced what time 3 p.m eastern time Yep, and then we were doing, again, Friday Night Lights. So even if you're not doing it, come support. If you're not doing it, you should ask yourself why. And then if you still say no after that, you should still come support. So uh, there's that. So 
Uh, just another quick one. We're having lunch today, a little lunch chat, some questions. Um, first, uh, Shanoa sent in a few questions here. And I think this first one I'm going to, well, actually all of these can kind of go towards, towards Matt and then Ambrose and I will fill in as needed. Um, since this is predominantly CrossFit podcast today. Uh, so first question is what is the difference between CrossFit and HIT workouts? For those who don't know what HIT is, it's high intensity interval training. Matt, floor is no yours. Yeah. What'd you say? You said they're spelled differently. <laughs> they're, they're two different words. <laughs> what is the difference between HIT training and CrossFit? Well, I think you'd have to go back to the definition of CrossFit. Which is? Which is constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. Right. Across broad time and modal domains. So, <clears throat> I think HIT training has the methodology of CrossFit in a way. But I don't think it's measured in the same metric as CrossFit. What I mean by that is you can take any movements and perform them back-to-back constantly for a period amount of time. But is it, all, is it repeatable every time? Which is something I think CrossFit offers. It's measurable, so I can do it for a certain amount of time. I can do it four times, uh, reps, rounds, whatever it is. And I can constantly repeat it while maintaining functionality through the movements. I don't think HIT training follows a progressive program like CrossFit does. Sure. So CrossFit's going to have... When I think HIT, I think more of like a boot camp style. Yeah. I think or like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, like those sort of things. It's more of... Like Tabatas. I'm looking just for fitness. I think CrossFit, as its whole methodology, is a lifestyle. Like we're going to eat well, we're going to work out, we're going to move. I'm going to try and stay as functional as possible. Yeah, I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of people miss the the part that CrossFit's not just the workout or the yeah. program. It's all encompassing. Like it's it's as inclusive as a program could be, um, from a wellness standpoint. And I think hits just a piece of that. Hi, Red. Red, you want to pop on and say hi? Well, she never wants to. <laughs> she uh, session one of two today for Miss Red. Um, snatches look great though. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference is CrossFit's not just the workout. She doesn't agree. <laughs> we're getting a, we're getting a, a live rundown of Michaela's clean and jerk session. Well, we're on like, podcast. Oh, yeah. Like after you missed that one jerk, this nothing came together after that? We'll fix it. We'll fix it. We'll you're, see in a bit, right? You were back there by yourself. That was the problem. Oh, Allie's yeah. back there. No, I she missed it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, to go back, a little uh, little break there for Red, little little rant from Red. Um, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the CrossFit methodology is, is definitely more than just the HIIT workouts. I guess you could say CrossFit workouts are high intensity. Some workouts have intervals. But... Um, I think there's there are some some similarities, but very small portion of that. Yeah. But, I mean, if you really want to break it down, like CrossFit is a brand. Yeah. If you want to go from hip to CrossFit, yeah. If you want to get even the deeper, methodology in this called something different. Like this is our sweat program. This is our functional fitness program. But CrossFit as a what I just use as a product or whatever it is is a whole lifestyle worth of it, and it's not just coming in and working out. Like, you want to yeah. be decent at CrossFit, you want to feel good in the gym, like, your diet has to be 
a little more on track than it usually would. You're going to do things just not to be lazy. Like, I mean, the big thing is um, one guy, Ryan Fisher, always says, like, everybody wants to be shredded, but nobody wants to take the stairs. Like, not using the elevator or the escalator, walking up the stairs, taking the long way around something instead of trying to shortcut yourself in the parking lot. Whatever it may be, it's just a lifestyle and a thought process goes into everything than just coming in and working out. Yeah, I think sometimes people think you just throw poop at a wall, hope it, hoping it sticks. But there's there's a plan in place. Poop. There's uh, I I don't want to. Yeah, there goes the explicit tag again. All right, so throwing shit at a wall, hoping it sticks, um, and go from there. But I think, yeah, um. I lost my complete track here. <laughs> All right. So next question also comes from Chanel. Chanel, thank you for filling these out. Thank Just remind you, the more questions you guys ask, the more help we can provide. And I kind of want to save this one for the last. So I'm going to skip one and go to Aubrey. Um, I'm going to start with Aubrey. And I think, Amber, you could probably hop in with this too. When should you wear belts, knee sleeves, lifters, grips, Etc. I would say next to never. <laughs> next to never. <laughs> yeah. So there's, I think there's going to be differencing opinions yeah, between the three I think of us it here. Depends on what you're, why you're moving, the amount of weight that you are. But I think, yeah, Ambrose never. I never use or anything. shoes. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's not even in the shoes. But um, me personally, I try not to let my lifters. Not always. Some people do. Um, usually. Until they're over eighty five percent, we try to keep say, a belt off. Like if you're just if you're moving a bar, yeah. Because if you yeah, t- if you think belt, if you think about the belt style thing, and there's a correct way of using a belt, knee sleeves, lifters, things like that. So like for a belt, if you just make it as tight as possible, you're not actually bracing into the belt. Those two vertebrae that that belt's covering are going to be super solid. Everything above and below are going to be super mobile, um, which can ultimately cause issues. Um, I like knee sleeves personally; just keeps my knees warm. Since I, I mean, I've, uh, between my hips, my back and my knees, um, they've taken a beating over the years, um, with hockey and weightlifting. So I like that. Just, it's more of like, uh, mental support, not necessarily that I need it. It just feels like I can get out of the bottom a little easier when I have knee sleeves on. But as far as a belt goes, I think a lot of people have varying opinions, but I, I try not to let people go over, wear a belt until they're at least at like 80, 85%. Also depends on what you're doing. Yeah. I, I My thing with the belt is I tell everybody, like, it's the 80% rule. I go with Fred, like, 80, 85%. You should probably need a belt. But, oh, throwing, throwing oh. Um, hey, I got a whole bag if you want. Also, depending on how you're feeling. So, I know sometimes my back gets blown up. And just to prevent my back from blowing up even more and to remind your body that, like, that tactile cue to brace. I'll put a belt yeah. on, but I won't tighten it up. Yeah, the biomechanical feedback of that's important. Where I can feel it on my stomach, so I know I'm bracing when I have to. Knee sleeves, I don't wear them, rarely ever. But I'd say if you're wearing them and thinking they're going to give you a lot of support, I hate to tell you they're not going to give you support to prevent your knee from breaking. (laughs) But It's true. That's facts. They'll keep them warm and keep you a little more mobile. Yeah, I I think for the belt, the way I teach people to wear the belt, like if you can't – if if the belt is tight only when you brace, you're wearing it correctly. Yeah. You don't want to make that belt so tight that you have a hard time pushing your stomach bracing into the belt. So you, you want, want to make the, the bite. You want to make the belt 
tight by bracing correctly, and that's pushing your abdomen out globally. So if you want to think about an easy way to test this is you take like one of the mini bands we throw around your ankles, put it around your abdomen and try to stretch it everywhere. It's a good way of like thinking of how you should be wearing a belt. Um, I guess lifters, I'm a fan of lifters. Anytime you're doing a squat variation, um, Olympic lift, back squat, front squat, not everybody needs them depending on ankle flexibility. I don't hate them. I, I mean, I, I, we live, a, live in lifters, so I don't wear them all the time. But like today, I did a workout that was just pistols into a max snatch at the end. <coughs> and just to make sure I was doing range of motions and not blowing up anything too bad, I wore lifters. I mean, Ambrose doesn't wear shoes, so he's not really, into lifters. If you have really good ankle mobility and it's not something you have to worry about and limit it on, then you should never have to wear them. But I wouldn't say they're a bad thing unless you're dependent on them all the time for everything. Like you should. Sometimes I'll wear them for clean and jerk and snatches, and then sometimes I don't because I still you need to work on your own positioning and where your feet should be. So using them to be dependent on them, I wouldn't. And then grips are volume. If you're doing, yeah, if you're doing if you a ton of pull-up. Then you need to wear grips because once you tear the volume. Yeah, and then to add to that, like straps. I'm not a huge fan of straps. Like I don't let our lifters use straps. Well, I dislocated my elbow using straps. So I'm, that's me personally, not why I like straps. Um have the video. I can post that if anybody wants to <laughs> enjoy that. Oh. But as far as like straps, we don't let our lifters use straps within like six weeks, six weeks of a meet because it can throw off your, your grip and your technique a little bit. There was actually a study done um, through Power and Grace down with a uh, prep school in Georgia. There was, there was actually a decrease in velocity when using straps versus not using straps. I only use straps for heavy pulls. Yeah, deadlifts maybe. Like no, if I don't I'm, do deadlifts. No, when everybody says I have a five hundred pound deadlift, I said do it. Oh, you mean like clean pull, snatch yeah, pull? Yeah, clean pulls or snatch yeah, pulls. Yeah, that's like that's deadlifts, fine. You don't have a five hundred pound deadlift if you lift it with straps. Yeah, that's true. Tell you it's a different ball game. Yeah. It is a different ball game, <laughs> especially over under. Uh, any Zach, since you're standing here, what are your thoughts on belts? Weightlifting belts. Resident PT, which we're going to get him back here soon. I think that. <clears throat> oh, Mike. <clears throat> oh, I see her. <laughs> I'm Mike on Mike. So I think for training, you should probably do a lot of stuff beltless. It's like you're. Same thing with like bracing a knee. I don't think there's much benefit to it. You rely on the brace, so I don't think you should train with a belt. I mean, I don't think you should use a belt unless you're doing like overtraining but you should get really good at the exercise without using a belt is what I would say. Thank you, Zach. Those They're good. Aren't they delicious? Super, <coughs> super good. I ruined them for Ambrose. Yeah, now all I can taste on them is the garlic. <laughs> I used to only taste the glaze of maple syrup, and Matt pointed out how much garlic is on them, and now all I can taste is the garlic. It's but del- those it. are delicious. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the garlic on anything, really. How do we get on that? Christmas gift. That's get on one. That. All right, next one. We're going to do rapid fire here. Ashley McGee, good question. Is Ooh, extra Ashley. cardio better before or after the workout? If we're going to do extra work. I, I like to do the same parameter the whole way through a day. So if you're going to do cardio to start a day, do strength, 
but in the sense of like a cardio fashion, like the 32 minute mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like if I, if you're I, big on the 32 minute thing, I you want, want to explain what that is? <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, it's in basically just terms. running. I don't like running. And then so. I found this this guy, Cal, did this thing where he took... Is this a Cal Dietz thing? I don't know. It's just like a strength parameter. And then you can make it into whatever. Like when Matt has done them, it's been like lower end rep stuff like yeah. when we did that. But, I mean, you could make it whatever you want. But um, I've just done pick like anatomic planes, moving them. And then just don't stop moving for 32 minutes. So you could take like a horizontal push with a horizontal pull and then a gate movement with a vertical pull, you know, pair them however you want. Yeah. And then set eight minute blocks and you can either take breaks in between those eight minute blocks or. So you did that with if, Colleen for a long time. Yeah. She, saw, she saw a lot of benefits. Or, yeah. That. Or if you want to just take 32 minutes straight through if you want it to be a conditioning piece. But regardless, I just like making it. Like if your parameter for the day, if you want to work on conditioning, but then you want to do heavy squats later, I would do my conditioning piece and then do my squat with a, you know, a pull or another vertical movement, but maybe stay away from max weight and just kind of like hit my squat and then walk 30 feet and hit my pull or my jump and then walk back to my squat and then just keep moving. Because, Go back and forth. Yeah, it's you know, not to confuse the body. Just work on one thing, get good at one thing. I like that a lot, actually. So I would say, yeah, I would say if I – and, like, same with at the end, if I want to hit extra conditioning or, like, accessory stuff. If I was doing eccentrics, I'm going to do my accessories or whatever eccentrically. If I was doing strength, same thing. I'll just hit – two to five and just bounce back forth, back forth, back forth and make a conditioning, but you're working your strength parameter still. Cause it yeah. is, you know, how often, how many times a week would you do that? Was it really just what kind of what every you want? single day? Yeah. Every single day is I just pick one parameter. Yeah. And stick then, with it. Yeah. I mean, I do the same thing every two weeks, but like if I'm like on Wednesday, I'll go heavy because body's primed Monday, Tuesday. So move some weight on Wednesday. So every movement, whether it's a it's actually what we're doing with the weightlifting compound right now. movement or just something simple, it's going to be heavy, move well through a pattern. Yeah. So like Monday, we have like today, for instance, like Wednesday is our heavy day this week. So Monday we're like relatively heavy, then we undulate down, so we have a lighter power day Tuesday, so that way we're ready to go. Yeah. Super heavy on Wednesday, and then we'll be off Thursday. Kind of do the same thing Friday, Saturday. So we'll undulate during the week. Yeah. But um, similar. Yeah. Not as much conditioning with them. Yeah. For them, conditioning is a 10-minute EMOM. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Well, the qu- question's cardio. How much extra is extra cardio? I could tell you Ashley's been coming in I doing a lot of two-a-days. Yeah. yeah, so she's been – I think this is probably just to make sure she feels like she's doing it but right. But the wording's cardio is what I'm asking. Yeah, she asked cardio. So you have to define – and if I look at this in my head for myself, I have is to define – 20 minutes on a treadmill? What you know my what I mean? cardio is going to be. So – if I determine my cardio piece of the day is going to be the bike, the rower, running, and the workout of the day, I got to figure out which exercise is going to affect the workout the most. Yeah. So if I'm doing a heavy thruster workout, heavy thruster as in volume or weight, it doesn't matter. I probably don't want to do bike sprints and biking before because my quads are going to be blown up. My lower back's going to take a beating on the bike. And the same with the rower. So maybe running is just better for that workout before or after. So say I run before the workout. My legs shouldn't be too – they shouldn't be blown up. They'll probably be a little fatigued but not affect the workout that much. 
let's say I really wanted to get better on the bike. So doing biking under fatigue or running under fatigue would yeah. be better. So I do my workout and then do my cardio condition, my extra cardio piece. But I also, to, to def, in my opinion, define which one is going to affect the other to maintain intensity through each of them. Yeah. Because if I just do 10 by 400 meter sprints and I come in here and try and back squat, not going to work. Back squat's probably not going to go that well. Yeah. But if I can back squat and then run, my running, if anything, will be affected in the later rounds and not in the beginning. So I think you also have to figure out why. Why are you doing this extra cardio? What are you not doing in your workouts that you need that? Or why are you doing the extra cardio? And I think that's kind of, that might be where Ashley's head is for this question. So I think if people can define the why, that'll kind of give them a better idea of how. So you kind of have to ask yourself why. Is it to lose weight? Is it to be better at running? A lot of research shows that if you're looking for fat loss, it doesn't matter which one you do first. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you do them separately. Together, they're more effective but they're just as effective apart. So it doesn't matter if you do weight training with running or before or running after. If anything, if you're looking just to run to try and lose fat or gain, like help with more lean muscle mass with weightlifting, then your intensity is not going to be that great because you're going to stay at a moderate to lighter intensity to burn fat. So being intentional with whatever you're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's a good word, intentional. I, I, th- I think you may be tired, but I zoned out. I was munching. <laughs> but then I heard you say about the squats. Yeah, I think it's, you might have said this already, yeah. but just make sure that if you have priority on something, don't, yeah. don't waste it away in the beginning. Like if you're, if yeah, if you want to hit something that's very technical or taxing neurologically, I guess, then yeah, don't go crazy in the beginning because then you're going to be you're gonna be pissed fried. off later that you suck at something yeah or which that you, not that you suck but that something didn't go well that, there's a reason why for the last few weeks we've been programming that way yeah yeah um so as far as our crossfitters go i think that'll be kind of up up towards there and then matt one we got what one one more two more questions so this question is when should you eat carbs <laughs> And how much to feel the best during your workout and why? I just had a con- it's a bottle of honey all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick, I call it meathead Gatorade. Ambrose takes water, honey, and lemon juice. Yeah. That basically, if you break that down, is is poor man's Gatorade. Yeah. Like you're you're getting the same mat. It's probably honestly it's probably healthier for you. Um, there's no additives to that other than you're adding honey. raw honey to it. Chlorine. Which gets a lot of dirty looks. Yeah, when I'm when I'm putting honey it looks in water, like people think sweat the same color, like white yeah. t-shirt. And that's yeah, it what doesn't it looks look. Like yeah, drink. but it's very tasty. Yeah, I've never had it with the lemon. The lemon's a nice touch. Yeah, nice. That's because he got tired of just honey water. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, if you guys need something like that, that's an easy way of getting it in. But as far as Matt and I just had a carb cycling conversation <laughs> this morning about one of our weightlifters. Um, do you want to kind of? Give your thoughts on that. Well, I think there's definitely a timing part, and yes. I forget what it is, but I and I by no means very knowledgeable in this aspect. This, but a few hours before, because digestion is big. So yeah, don't, and depending don't on what kind of carbs you're stuff right before. Yeah, you don't want to yeah, come in with enough, four Kraft mac and cheese right. and then try to go. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of kids, out. which is funny, but kids will show up and they'll either say like, "Oh yeah," like it's they come in for their after school lift and like, "Well, yeah, I ate breakfast," and I'm like, "Okay, well, what about like lunch?" 
snack. Or vice versa. They'll be like, I don't know. I just hammered like four peanut butter jellies. And I'm like, how do you expect to move? You're, yeah, you're going to be bent <laughs> like, over a trash can. Yeah, you're gonna be, We've seen Hayden puke in here because of that. changes for sure, but I don't know the specifics. That's you can look into the articles of science about it. And if I'm not wrong, I just read an article about this. The timing to feel the best. So if you're talking about like digestion and just in the workout, if you eat them too late because you still need fat and protein, then you're just going to be sluggish, right? All your blood's going to be used for digestion. But the goal is about two to three hours before you work out, you want to try and get, depending on your macro level, so it's going to be different for everybody else. I personally, two to three hours before I, I work out, I try to get anywhere from 50 to 90 carbs in. And then about an hour before my workout, I try to get in another 60 to 80. Yeah. But that's what about glycemic carbs before you work out. So something that's easily... Digestible. What's a good sugars. example of that for people? Honey, listening? honey, yeah. bananas, uh, your bread. So like tortillas, toast. Which I all, if I eat a tortilla, Jelly's. it has peanut butter and honey on it. But like, like don't eat high amounts of fat. Don't eat high amounts of protein. Protein is a good, um, what's the word? Intermittent macro to be drinking. So like a protein shake, sips here and there between. Your what workouts. about what about the people that work out at five forty five and they they get up at they have to get up at like four thirty five. Easy stuff. Yeah. So what? What would like an intra workout? I was gonna drink? say, I think that's big when it's like, don't all ham, don't hammer it all before yeah. and then go crush it. Yeah, like you can have sip something it. that you can like knock out quick, even if it's on your drive, and then make sure you have something that you can be sipping on or yeah. munching quick. You know, I mean, every morning easy. before I work out, I, I wake up, I give myself time. So if you're not gonna give yourself time, then this probably isn't gonna work for you. But I eat a bagel with honey and peanut butter or a tortilla with honey and peanut butter. Yeah, I used to eat oatmeal. But then it just was being too heavy in my stomach. And if I have a high intensity day in the gym, so, and I didn't get to eat a lot, I eat gummies in between sets of squats or gummies in that's, between my portions of workout. That's one thing we pack a lot of is, is Welch's yeah. fruit snacks. But you also don't want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyperglycemic for a long period of time during your workouts because you're going to have this big anabolic diet. Crash. Yeah, you're going to get crashed. So you need to like, what works for you? Like Alex sucks down syrup in the middle of his workouts. That's what works for him. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I have a little handful of gummies just to get like 30 carbs in between my workouts. So a it's lot like, of trial and it's error. It's like super troopers when yeah. they're drinking the, drinking the syrup. <laughs> got this big luscious lips. <laughs> I think it's probably also important too, although diet throughout a whole day and before the next training day is important. But especially if it's a 5.45 a.m., I wouldn't want to be waking up at – Three to two thirty to eat. Yeah. So just making sure you're like hydrated and well fed the day and night before. I think yeah. probably makes it. I mean, the biggest thing. I usually have a protein shake in the morning with a bagel on my way here. Before anybody ask, salad doesn't count as a carb. <laughs> all right. <laughs> fucking green peppers and lettuce aren't going to cut it. Yeah. All right. If you're not eating calorically dense carbohydrates, white rice, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, tortillas, whatever That's it chili. is. Huh? Yeah, my chili, whatever it is, <laughs> all right? If you're talking about carbs, it needs to be dense carbs, not lettuce or spinach or any type of leafy green looking. Anything a rabbit's going to eat. Yeah, not carbs. But no, that, Aubrey, that was a good question. And then the last question and the one that piqued my interest, piqued the interest. big it's time is what's more important, intensity or technique? And this brings me back to my level one where they spent a long time on that. And it, per CrossFit, it's a blend of both. 
Um, and I know Ambrose will have. I would, yeah, I'd say big time. Although, I mean, there's definitely times where I go intense, but if I want intensity, I'm not going to make it complex. Bingo. So, yeah, th- I think there's a spectrum, but I think it's also like just find your season, know where you're at. If you need to be learning something, don't make it high intensity. Learn it. And then either break the movement down or if you've mastered a movement, like when you did that 32 minute to bring that back. Yeah. I don't think I would ever in a million years make somebody do snatches and rope climbs for minute 24 to 32, except for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but You got to um, know who you're working with, yeah, like your work capacity, your level. But then again, it's also very like, you have to think of the individual, like a tactical kind of person. They're like, that's just relative to them. But yeah. if it's just your general population, with somebody coming in the 430 yeah, CrossFit class. Probably just keep yourself safe and injury-free. And if you want to move at high intensity, there's always bikes and sleds and boxes <clears> and stuff like that. So I'm, 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 I'm anxiously waiting this answer. And then I'm going to go back to, like, you have to, once again, you have to define everything. Something yeah. has to have intentionality to it. So intensity means a lot of different things, whether it's speed. The weight of a barbell is considered a measurement of intensity. So if I'm moving at 90% plus on a back squat, my technique also needs to be pretty squared away for the intensity that I'm performing. Let's say I'm doing moderate to moderately heavy snatches in a workout for time, bastardize a little bit of movement to achieve the intensity desired from the workout. But if you're flaring all over the place, then your technique obviously is not going to let you hit. You picked a higher intensity than you should It's not going to let you hit the intensity required. But as always, and with anything, learn movement patterns first, become efficient in those movement patterns, and then slightly add intensity. You don't come onto the gym day one hitting a 400-pound back squat if you've never back squatted. You start off with the barbell, add a little bit of weight till the movement patterns are secured, and you gain strength to increase intensity. You don't come in here doing a mile for time if you've only ever ran 100 meters in your entire life. You're going to add the intensity through training to be able to hit a mile per time at the required level of what's needed. So how would you how would you walk somebody through that when they're first getting started? Like, Chanel is about a year in mm-hmm. who asked that question. I know Tina and I have had this conversation, some of the 545. Anytime I tell people to adjust, I'm like, adjust based on the intensity of the workout. So if you're going to adjust the movement, pick the movement that's going to allow you to move at this level of intensity. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people are like, I have no idea what the hell that means. So like there's RPE, which is also incredibly hard to define for people. So that's rate of perceived exertion. Say, there's percentages like any articles and research you read about RPE. If I was to actually know your back squat weight and you did it. And I said, I want you to move at an, RPE of eight for this set of three, more than likely you would be at or above 80% of your back squat. Yeah. Yeah. The human body knows how hard it wants to go and how hard it should be going. So if I just say RPE of seven and you're telling me, oh, I feel like this is a seven out of 10, more than likely it's probably at or just above Above. what you should be at. Yeah. Amber, what are you going to say? I think I was pretty much going to say that, that, or the fact that like, I think you have to pay big attention to to how your week's gone and like your one day's seven or eight is going to be your other day's five or six or nine or ten or eleven. Yeah. So I think that's important to keep. Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of cycles where we do rep maxes, yeah. or we'll do like right now since we're closer to a competition, we we're doing a lot more percentage based. 
um, which from an intensity standpoint, we don't track intensity under 70% in any of our programs. So when we're tracking volume and intensity for like rep counts and total volume and like total amount of work done, we usually, we really don't pay much attention to anything under 65, 60% just because it's not very taxing, but anything at 70% and over, we really, we really try to, cause they spend, they'll spend 85% of their year between 70 and 85%. So that's where we spend, that's where we track most of our, most of our work. But as far as like, rep maxes are concerned we like those for days where like if i tell you to come in you got a back squat 90 percent, but you you had a test broke up with your girlfriend you're not feeling great like yeah, it's gonna feel heavy yeah so that 90 percent might actually feel like 100 percent. so you're not going to get what we want out of it so we like rep maxes sometime like build to like a like a three rep max that'll probably get you kind of close to where we want you but that's also going to be indicative of how you're feeling so that that three rep max on monday might feel like a one rep max on Wednesday and vice versa. So that's kind of how we, we go back and forth. Um, obviously the more complex the movement, the more important technique is. So obviously for weightlifting techniques, usually always first. So yeah. we always do like a primer to make sure the body's. Well, I mean, if your technique's and, not square or anything, the weight, you're not going to, you're not going to be very, yeah. You're only as good as your technique in yeah. Olympic in weightlifting. I mean, in anything, like my yeah. favorite thing to teach because it looks so simple is the deadlift. The deadlift and split jerk, I guess, are my two things. But the deadlift, like, oh, it's not, it doesn't look that technical. There's not a lot. Split jerk's on. the most messed up movement I, I but, see in the gym. Yeah. One of them. But the deadlift, there's very little points in order to move weight from a steel position to just get it to your hips. That if you're not doing one thing correctly, the weight just sits there. Yeah. And you just keep trying to pull it. But technique, 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 get it dialed in. Add the weight when you can. Add the faster movement pattern when you can yeah but until then i don't care if you finish 10 rounds i don't care if you finish 100 rounds if you're going to move with a purpose and be efficient at it that's all i care about i care less about weight i care less about anything and as your technique improves your intensity level can automatically it's it's going to go up so like you can't have one without the other so i mean you could do crazy intense things but for what? Like you're not really going to get anything out of it if you're just running into a wall a hundred times. That's intense, but you're just uh, going to give yourself CTE. Most everybody's done Fran in the gym, right? 2159 barbell thrusters at 95 pounds or 65 pounds and pull-ups. I can give anybody a 95 pound barbell and say Fred does it in four minutes and then Ambrose does it in 10 minutes. Uh, Yeah. The intensities are completely different. Yeah. But if I give Fred the 95 pound barbell and Ambrose a 65 pound barbell and they both do the, the same pull up. So let's just say we do strict pull ups and they both completed in five minutes. The intensity is the exact, exact same. same. Yeah. Even though the weights were different, the intensity was met. And the purpose of Fran is five to seven minutes or under. And the goal is like if once you're under three, it's like elite and all that. But like five to seven minutes, if you can meet that with weight. And pull-ups, chin over the bar pull-ups, no matter what they are, banded, jumping, butterfly, stimulus is met for the intensity of the work. Right. So everything's relative to the person, depending on what level you're at. How would you how would you equate that for like your high school athletes? I I use every I like what what metrics are you RPG tracking? Uh, in a like sense, I, I'll generally tell people that like if I want like if it's Monday Versus Tuesday, I want a weight to feel different. Mm-hmm. So on a given day, I might say, hey, I kind of want this to feel like a whatever out of 10. But it's all relative because I care more about, especially if it's like 
if it is eccentric and say it's a four or five second on the way down, just use as much as you can go down in four or five seconds, as long as movement pattern isn't compensated. Same thing. Like if you're going up, like today, Lincoln was just doing a split off a pin going up and I wanted it to feel heavy because the next movement was fast. So it's like, yeah, I guess just try to keep, especially when there's a bunch of them running around, like, but you're, I care more about the, I, I guess I take the intensity as the time that they're under, but well, like you do a lot of movement pattern. Yeah. So your movement pattern defines your intensity or, yeah. or your weight. So if I can't low, like you said, lower for four seconds and press for four seconds, the intensity isn't being met for the weight I'm using. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, and it's also, I think there's a couple more odd variables just because yeah. it's like, if it's a, if it's a compensatory pattern, then yeah, no weight at all might be just as intense yeah. like you were saying. Right. Yeah, just because it's something someone may have been doing incorrectly due to sport or other. So, yeah, I feel like I I spend more time on time in positions yeah. rather than specific loads or speeds. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's it's really hard to get specific with that with that group. Yeah, just because of all the extracurricular and out outside influences yeah. that are well, that, that and economic or there's a big daily difference too between like these kids are in here to train for their sport but for the most part like at this level of their game it's going to help a lot and everybody comes in and says they can f- see and feel a difference and that's awesome but um like i think it's different if like your sport is crossfit and you train in crossfit yeah like there's you know it's there that's what you're doing whereas if you're a football player and you're doing an RFE or something like it's relative, but it's also, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's so many more variables that go into, well, and sometimes they make the connection. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. I think a big difference between the CrossFit and sports world is typically there's for CrossFit, there's like one season, I guess. So like you, you have to peak kind of like, we're kind of peaking our class. Yeah, for the open. I think a lot of these high school athletes are multi-sports, so you have yeah. to peak them multiple times a yeah. year, which changes the <laughs> outlook on that. Yeah. So, like, I know, Matt, we did we did four six weeks. Every Wednesday was rope climbs. We did four six weeks. Every Wednesday was pull-ups. So, like, we're spending a lot of time on a very, very specific movement. Yeah. We don't kind of have that time with our high school athletes to do that. So, yeah. it's like you're trying to get – everything done all at once and hitting all these domains and hitting all these metrics and movement patterns simultaneously makes it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes. it's just different. Yeah. Totally different. It's a different one, but everyone's getting more fit regardless of if it's a CrossFit athlete, a weightlifter or football player. Definitely not Dom. Dom is not fit. (laughs) I I haven't seen Dom do leg day since ever. Legs and arm are the same size. When your calf is the same size as your quad, Dom, we got problems. Yeah. But obviously, I'm a big I'm a big person of um, definitions. So you got to define training from fitness. Yeah, training has an end goal or a step by step process to get to an end goal, and then exercise is just not goal oriented. It's just doing something. Just so moving through patterns. If you uh, feel like you're not actually progressing in anything, then you're just exercising. But if you have something that generally progresses, I think Ambrose would agree, probably somewhere around every three to four weeks, you're generally progressing through something, then you're training. But if you're just stagnant 
and Monday I'll do chess, and I'm just gonna do these couple movements, and then yeah. Tuesday I'm gonna do these few things, and you're just like kind of repeating this motion every day, every week, and you're just exercising. But if you can say like Monday will be these three movements for whatever body part it is, and then I'll know that I did this many sets for this many reps at this weight. When I gotta progress in at least the next probably three weeks, so I'm gonna add one more set with 20 more pounds on whatever it is. But well, and that's why I like to do things like two weeks at a time because yeah, yeah one week, yeah. one week to learn and kind of challenge a second week to grow on that. And yeah, people see like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, now I feel or whatever they, they can move more weight. Yeah, and then they, be. But then you can just go on to the end. Like you said earlier with like quick turnaround, it's you get as much in as you can. But yeah, sometimes yeah. we only have athletes for six weeks. Yeah. So, so like how, what for two times. So we see them 12 is, times. Yeah. Yeah, How much so can we do quick, in 12 times? A quick building block and then a good turnaround just so equilibrium can be like found but then lost again is, I think, important. <laughs> just because, it's, yeah, because then you hopefully, as long as when you get back to that, you see there's growth, then, yeah, you can keep the pace pretty pretty quick. You can see kids are pretty resilient. take it away from yeah, they're like, like oh, I learned what? This. I'm so good at it. And they're like, well, we're doing this. Like, yeah. wait, what do you mean? Yeah, you're you not mean? good at this anymore. Or they look at you like, this is going to be the easiest thing I've ever done. And then they three seconds yeah, and their eyes are over. bulging out of their head. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like doing that with Cone the other day, making him close his eyes while he stands on my leg. Yeah, and they're like, what? And stuff. then they do it and they fall and you're like, oh. Um, yeah. Just, uh, we only got a couple minutes left here. Um, Matt, where are we with Gracie's? fundraiser how much oh, yeah. have we raised i think yeah. we're still like 1100 okay so we're up a little bit yeah, let's get this calories going here guys going, it's still just a random, it's still just a basic day at the office yeah it is so it's just a day but if you really want to truly the goal is to see me suffer you're gonna to have to try a little harder because it's not happening i'm not phased by how much i have to do so you've done more yeah i've you've done, done more, more to hurt myself you've done more you gotta pay the man for for zero, <laughs> yeah, you, you've you've done it for no reason other yeah. than just for self enjoyment. You know, when you come in here and try and do a whole high rocks event by yourself, and yeah, that's not good. Completely cramped in the middle of it. Yeah. Um. Anything else, guys? Before we hop off here, we only got like three minutes left on on our time limit here. Time for the open. Broski Still waiting. Sign up for the open. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, again, if you have any questions, shoot us a message. We'll talk to you then. Hey, more downloads. Yeah, download more. Share this post. Share this pod. And we're out. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.